At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Lombardi Line, this is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We've got Blue Bloods and a swan song for a blue devil. Is Michael Lombardi wearing blue? We find out now as we say hi to Michael. <laughs> <laughs> There's a theme no. today. It's it's blue, but it's in the city of I New Orleans, have. which is vibrant. So it's going to be a lot of colors here. How are we doing? We're doing good. I went to the Final Four one year in, in New Orleans. It's an unbelievable experience. I went down there with the captain, Jim Harbaugh. His brother-in-law, Tom Cream, was at Marquette at the time, and they were playing in the Final Four. It didn't work out so well for Marquette, but it was a great experience. So I can only imagine how much fun they're having down there in New Orleans, Patrick. <laughs> well, you you and I have discussed this. There's a couple cities in the United States where you're not really in the United States. They're kind of their own thing. New Orleans, yeah. San Francisco. Francisco. You could probably throw another one or two in there, but New Orleans is certainly on its own, right? Yeah, no doubt. And I think certainly with Jick Jack's uh, presence here on our show, we're so happy to have him that you know, he should probably kick off Jazz Fest. I mean, don't you think don't <laughs> yeah, you think our get man him on a, start Jazz Fest? He needs to get on a float. Why not? Yeah, oh, there's no doubt. He's built for floats. I mean, there's no doubt. <laughs> Dude, he's the best. Jick Jack's going to be joining. Your buddy Tate Frazier's going to join as well. North Carolina's, my man, North Carolina's number one fan, right? That'll be a great breakdown. No doubt. Grad, gra- valedictorian in North Carolina, graduated from the school. All things, he bleeds all things Carolina blue, you know? So it's going to be good to, to get him back, to get his uh, opinion of, of the Duke program and to get his opinion of the Carolina program. He, and, uh, he has a wonderful podcast that he does with Mark Titus uh, and they break down college basketball all year. So this is kind of his Super Bowl which is perfectly situated in New Orleans. You know, I'll be curious as a North Carolina fan, is it, look you get to this point, it can't be house money but they were dancing on the bubble. It's Hubert Davis's first year. I mean, if you really think about it so there's 17 national championships between the four, Michael. But let's Mm -hmm. talk about it. This is a team in North Carolina that lost to Pittsburgh mid-February. We're on the bubble until kind of they springboarded with that win over Duke. Yeah. Uh, this is a Villanova team that didn't even win the Big East. 
This is a Duke team that, again, kind of just started to gel right now. They got killed in the ACC title game by Virginia Tech and, as we mentioned, North Carolina. And it's a Kansas team that lost two towards the end of the year to split with Baylor in the Big 12. Like, blue blood programs, but nothing that stands out as far as the season thus far, if that makes sense. It's the season of a typical NC2A. I mean, we said this back in in January when we started talking about the tournament, and we said it in February that anybody's guess could get there, right? And an eight seed made it. Now, Villanova's a two seed, and Kansas and Kansas is the only one seed remaining, but. There was an opportunity for a lot of these teams to get there. St. Peter's has a 15 seed, makes it to the Elite Eight. Arkansas is a four seed, makes it to the Elite Eight. So this was up for grabs, but eventually water seeked its level, and the best teams that were playing the best at the time are here in the dance. And we just hope that Villanova, without their – without one of their great players can can give us the kind of game that I think we're going to expect to see today. Yep, Justin Moore, their second leading scorer, their leader in minutes. He's out, great defender, helps with transition. Hey, by the way, I got to give you credit because it has been a wide open year, but in December, you had St. Peter's in the Elite Eight, so again, yeah, no, I, didn't. I wish I could say that. <laughs> Although, I, I got to say this off the beaten track here. I thought Holloway, what he did, uh, and, I, and I need to write about this for the Daily Coach. What Holloway did as a leader, bringing his St. Peter's team to his press conference that was, that was at awesome. Seton Hall to acknowledge that their, their work, that their tireless efforts, that their ability to focus and concentrate allowed him to advance his career. I, I think that was an incredible tribute that every leader should recognize. As opposed to looking forward, he looked back. And bringing those kids over, uh, was really, to me, a, a powerful moment, and I wish Holloway nothing but the best at Seton Hall. I'm going to be a Pirate fan for now. Yeah, that's well put. I want to ask you about leadership quickly. I mentioned 17 national championships among the four in New Orleans as we get going today. Six for North Carolina, their last Michael in 17. Five for Duke, their last was in 15. Three for Kansas, their last was in 08. And what's funny is when we start talking about the Blue Bloods, you think of those yeah. three, and then you go Villanova. But how about their last was an 18, and before that yeah. in 16. So the hottest team coming into this is the one that most would think of as that fourth Blue Blood or a modern Blue no, Blood. Uh, no question. And I think ultimately this, is th this adjustment to the one and dones was not really good for Duke. Now, it'll be helpful this year. They made it to the finals. Same thing with North Carolina. Kentucky, you know, they haven't won since 12. They haven't been to a final since 15. And whereas Villanova hasn't gone into the one-and-done route. They've gone into their, we're going to develop talent from within. We're going to keep this culture the way it is, no matter what the rules of engagement are outside. And they've proven to be the, the, they've proven to be the most effective. I think there's a lesson to be learned. I think it's ultimately about the program you work and about how you build your program. And I think Jay Wright's done that. He knows who he is. He knows to get a five-star and to try to change him. You know, it's going to be a challenge where he gets kids that will come in and play the right way based on his system and give them all the credit. And I think it, the proof is in the pudding here by his championships compared to all those blue bloods you just named. I think you nailed it. Uh, quickly on the numbers, uh, Kansas sitting 4-4.5, four, four yeah. Duke sitting 4. Let me just tell you this. There would be some cool symmetry if chalk advances. So if Duke advances to take on Kansas, the symmetry. Coach K's first national championship in 91, Grant Hill's freshman year, against Kansas. So if mm. they were to advance his yeah. sixth and his swan song would be against Kansas, two of the great programs, including Kansas now uh, first in all-time wins throughout this basketball tournament. They passed Kentucky. So these are, I mean, these are just huge programs.
Yeah, and I mean, look, I don't think anybody's playing better than Duke. I mean, the Duke team that played in Cameron and Coach in Coach. Uh, K's last game in Cameron is not the same Duke team. They're playing a little bit freer. They, they've yep. gotten that monkey off their back, the Coach K monkey's last game. And, you know, look, they've got the best, they've got elite players at every single level. And if Love doesn't play to his highest standard today, uh, North Carolina's going to have a hard, hard time. I can't wait to hear how Tate Frazier handicaps this game, understanding he's got Carolina bias within his blood. But how he sees these Duke players, it's always hard to recognize you, the, the team that you don't like the most. Uh, great talent. You always kind of take it down a notch. But this Duke team, the way they're playing right now is sensational. Yep. And Coach K, five national championships. That's second most all time. 13 Final Fours. That's one more than John Wooden. You've heard of that name. He's pretty good. Mm. And to your point about Justin Moore and Villanova. So the team right now that has no depth, they only went six deep before the injury. And I told you he's the minutes leader on the Villanova squad. But what's interesting, Michael, is this is a Nova team that gave Baylor last year's national championship last year in the tournament all they could handle and they played without yep. Colin Gillespie last year so do not underrate Jay Wright is what I'm trying to tell you no and you know and I live here in the Philadelphia area and I've seen every Jay Wright interview that they have and he's given he's gracious and gives them all and and he seems rather relaxed and confident I think he understands because he's been able to evaluate evaluate Kansas against teams that he's familiar with. He knows he knows Creighton. He knows Providence. He's watched those games religiously. And I think his game plan will be centered on that. He needs to keep this game in the high 60s, low 70s for him to win it. He's got to play a certain pace. And I, as I've said yesterday, Gillespie's got to play at a really higher level than he ever had than he has. He can't have one of those I'm just gonna make shots from the three point line from the three throw line because he might not get there. He's going to have to shoot well and play well to offset more not being on the court. That's Jay Wright. Let's do the other three quickly here in leadership. You do so well kind of framing the idea of leadership. Let's start with the the one that's going to be discussed the whole entire time. This is a huge – he's been there since 1980, Coach K. Yeah. He's considered I mean, one of the remarkable. greats. Right. He replaced Roy Williams, right? I mean, he came in after Roy Williams. He, he, this you know, is and if I could say this to anybody listening to this program, you owe it to yourself to go to Fog Allen court and watch a game there. As much publicity as Cameron gets, Fog Allen is fabulous. I, I used to work out football players on the court. I got kicked off a couple times like I did at Duke, you know, because we would put tape down to, to kind of let this, we had this machine called a box, which would work out and time players electronically. And it, we wanted to do it on a basketball court with wood surfaces, so it was always consistent. And I, I mean, I, I would go to Kansas and get thrown off their court because they preserve that court as well they should and but it's a fabulous place to play it it's remarkable he's been there for what, what he's well, been there bill self's been there since bill self has been at kansas if we're going to go there he's been there since oh three michael he did a great job at illinois and tulsa prior to that but here's the thing about self so many great teams so many big 12 championships as far as the regular season one national championship. We just told you Jay yep. Wright's got the two. So it, there's the Kansas fans who love him, and he's got a lifetime contract there. But come on, they got to get one. They, that's kind of what the vibe is there in Lawrence. I mean, look, the home of Wilt Chamberlain. People forget that, that the great Wilt from Overbrook High School here in Philadelphia played at Kansas. I mean, the you know this is a blue blood historical program, and he's got great talent. Whether it's Ogajobi, whether it's Remy Martin who transfers in, whether it's Braun McCormick. I mean, when they play like they did the second half against Miami, 
they are the best team in the tournament. But we don't see that often. We see Ogajobi having struggles with his shot. We see him not being able to hit from the three-point line. We see their level of focus and concentration defensively kind of wane. But when they play their Lakers style, that up-tempo, that, you know, no matter if the balls may, if they, if the opponent makes the basket, they're going and they're playing at tempo. It's hard to keep up. And I, and I think durability and stamina is going to be the ultimate factor in this tournament, in this game against Villanova, because they're going to play at an incredible pace. And that pace is going to tire you out if you have to go 40 minutes, which a lot of these kids are going to go 38, 39 minutes. Every whistle Villanova fans are going to hold their breath <laughs> because yeah. if they get into foul trouble, I'm sorry, it's a wrap. They, they, it is yeah. unbelievable. And, and, we'll and that's got to be the game plan for self. He's got to say, look, we're going to have rim. to attack him. Yep, and you've got to feel like with a week off, with, with four days to prepare, you've got to feel Jay Wright's going to mix some things in there, knowing that that's going to be the strategy. I mean, that's the advantage Villanova has, is they had time to take a step back, breathe, and figure out how they want to play this game that suits the five players they're going to have on the court all the time. We got all the stats and trends you're ever going to need to get you set up for the Final Four coming up. Nova, Kansas, right now sitting four, four and a half. North Carolina Duke sitting four, hasn't moved. We're back. It's the Lombardi line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, ExpressBet, here are today's top horse racing plays from ExpressBet analyst Jeff Siegel, both from Santa Anita. He likes in race 1 the two horse Beef Winslow at 7 to 2 on the morning line in race 9 at Santa Anita. Jeff Siegel likes the three horse Woodbine. Woodbine Way, pardon me, on top at 7-2. You can bet these races and more using FirstBet, the preferred horse betting app, VSIN. Sign up today with FirstBet using the codes Vegas1000 for an instant $10 free plus up to a $1,000 bonus. Go to vsin.com slash horses for details. That's vsin.com slash horses for details. And by the way, while you're over there at vsin, remember, we're dropping. It's free. The Major League Baseball betting guide. I think the NL East today, a tremendous job mm. by Adam Burke. Also, we've got, what, the Masters coming up on Thursday. Yep. We've got opening day coming up on Thursday. We've got our Masters preview over at vcin.com. You got the draft guy dropping. Great drop. week. You got the draft Great guy week. dropping. I mean, you got everything. You got Michael Lombardi writing for vcin. I mean, we're, we're we got all April it. flowers. We got April flowers coming. It's spring. You can feel it. It's getting warmer. It's all good, Patrick. We're, we got the wind at our back now. We're doing good. And we all, made it, through, we all made it through the landmine that is April Fool's yesterday. Did we make it through yeah, unscathed? That was horrible. Yeah, I was happy I, to I see Kyler Murray away. sign with the Lions. As a Lions fan, I'm <laughs> I'm excited to see him playing in the Honolulu yeah. blue and silver. You know? Yeah, I love it. It was Losers. it was great, but yeah, it, it was <laughs> on awesome. a Saturday. I shouldn't say. But that. look, we we got the NFL draft coming up. We'll all be out in Vegas to celebrate that to see what goes on there. Vinny's going to then give us the the over under numbers that we can kind of dabble around with and see if we can make future bets and make some people some money in that area. So it's all there's a lot ahead of us moving forward. So I the, still think there's a couple things that are going to, you know, look, the, the, the Mayfield's got to, there's got to be a move here before the draft with Mayfield. I mean, they're going to want to utilize a, his cap space and b a draft pick if they can accumulate one for him. And then the same thing with Garoppolo for all the rhetoric, you know, remember it, fear does the work of reason. If you're fearful that you're not going to be able to get of them, you're more reasonable. And I think certainly these two teams will be as we approach the, the week or two before the draft. Okay. You hooked me for a second here, Baker. If, if I throw you two teams and give you kind of a plan and I'm sure you've heard of them, the Titans and bucks, both, what if they say, hey, Baker, you'll be our backup this year, 
He's owed, what, 18.8 this year, and then start in 2023, the Titans and Bucks and Baker. What do you think? I don't know if you could honestly look him in the eye and say that. I don't know if you can. I, I think you could honestly say to Baker, if I were a general manager, I would honestly say to Baker, look, we'll give you every opportunity to compete. But here's what I think you're going to have to prove to me what you can do. I don't think that if, you, if you're uh, John Robinson at, at, uh, at Tennessee that you can honestly say that Baker will make us a better offense than Ryan Tannehill. Mm. He'll make us different, but it may not make us better. And if you're in, in Tampa, if you're Todd Bowles, you know, you know Brady's probably this is it. He almost he quit this year, so you know this is gonna be his swan song, his Coach K moment. So, you know, you can't really say that you could say he could start next year, but you don't really don't want to give him the position because you're unsure. So I, I would rather have I would sign I would rather have Baker be a free agent, lower salary. And then have them come in as the backup and then let them, you know, give us an opportunity. But they seem to love Blaine. I mean, they love Blaine Garrett. We're going to find out how much they really love Blaine Garrett if they re-sign him. He's still unsigned, even though Arians was talking about him being as good as Brady at the combine. Yeah, you can't. I mean, he's much older than Baker as well. I can't imagine that he's the future, right, down in Tampa. I can't either. I mean, I can't, but look, stranger things happen. Stranger I mean, Drew things Locks certainly have, happens. Drew Locks is conceived to be the, the favorite up in Seattle. I don't know what's in the water in Seattle to make them believe that, but they, they, they obviously are. They're not making any moves for that. And this draft at quarterback is certainly not going to provide a – a solution immediately for you. Whoever drafts a quarterback in this first round, and we know there will be one because we've seen it. The history tells us there's going to be one, right? And so from that point of, from that point of reference, there will be one. But when you look at the odds, Patrick, of success ratio of elite quarterbacks being picked in the first round, it's very, very low. If you look at the success ratio of good quarterbacks picked in the first round, it's extremely low. And when you dabble into this market, when you know there's no elite player, you know, I mean, look, there's a reason Malik Willis left Auburn. You got to figure out what it is, right? You got to figure out what it is. It isn't all rosy and pitchers. It isn't all because they wanted to change offense. It isn't because Bo Nix was so good, all that stuff. You got to figure all that out. Okay, we got an hour and 45 minutes to get to the final four. You've got me completely hooked, so I'm going to continue. See, first off, Seattle, I've been there. Great breweries all over the place. They might be tipsy thinking Drew Locke is going to be the starter. The next one up, if I gave you these three teams, because these are all top ten picking, the Panthers, the Falcons. By the way, Arthur Blank just came out and said, we need a long-term plan at quarterback. Thanks, Marcus Mariota, for your service. And the Seahawks. Yeah. So the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Seahawks are all top 10. There are rumors that Malik Willis is the one that people want to move up to grab. I don't know. You can shoot me down if that's the case. That seems to be the popular name. But look, I think when you go back and study his career at Auburn, you know, Gatewood and Knicks were the two players that Gussie and his pro-style offense at Auburn moved in. Apparently he had a really great spring, and then all of a sudden it just didn't happen. I, I can't find anybody who's going to sit there and stand on a table and say Malik Willis is going to be able to come in and dominate pro football. I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's not easy. When you look at his completion percentage, it's really good. But how many of those are bubble screens, right? The most important thing is accuracy. The most important thing is how many incompletions does a guy throw. That's one of the issues with Sam Darnold at USC, threw too many incompletions. And so – you know, if just because you pick them in the top 10 doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to to find it, to, to, to solve your players. I mean, six players that have been picked first overall in the draft of the 13 that have been selected since 2000 
are elite style players. Six of the of the first pick overall in the draft. There have been 13 of them. That means seven of them have failed. There have been five players, Patrick, that have gone second overall in the draft. Five since 2000. And only Zach Wilson is left standing, and we don't know about him. Forty players have been picked in the top ten with only five qualifying as having legitimate success. That's a 12.5 ratio. Now, you tell me, you're not sure about Malik Wilson, and you look at these numbers, and you're telling me you're going to turn in that card? Dubious. It seems like a str- – and it's just so fascinating because it's the one decision that not only alters jobs, but alters franchise in total in their future. So this is really what it comes. I mean, I've I've watched the Lions repeatedly make mistakes at the position and never be able to recover. I mean, they're in this. Joey Harrington's in it, not the actress, the the player. Uh, And Chucky Long's in this, you know. My man, Chuck Long. Jared Goff is one of those quarterbacks who were picked first overall that isn't in the elite category. He's in a workable category. So, I mean, I think there's three categories of quarterbacks, right? There's an elite uh, this is, you know, these are guys that are, you know, the, the Ben Roethlisberger, the, 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 you know, the Joe Burrow, the Justin Herberts, those guys, right? They're, that's the elite. Then there's the workable ones, which are really like Flacco and Tannehill, who you've got to work around. They've won for you, but you've got to work around. And when you're picking first overall, I think you want to be able to find an elite player or else you're better off doing what Tennessee did, which is signing a workable player and having their future. You know, just because you need a quarterback doesn't mean it's going to provide one. Buffalo thought that in 2013. They picked E.J. Manuel. There was no chance he was going to be a starting quarterback. and He wasn't good at Florida State. I mean, I know he was a five-star recruit, all that stuff, just like Malik Willis was coming out of Rosewell, Georgia. But the reality of it is, is you go down to Auburn and you get beat out. Something happened on that campus at Auburn. Was it maturity? I don't know. But it wasn't like he dominated when he went to Liberty, that he was winning games and beating great teams. I mean, remember this, when Brett Favre came out and Brett Favre had a had a, had a at his senior season, he had a tremendous car wreck that he had, I think, 40 stitches in his body. He missed the opening game because it was like this car accident happened a month before or two, maybe eight weeks before the season was to start. Then he didn't play in the opening game. He put himself into the second game of the season. And what happened? He led, he led Southern Mississippi to defeat Auburn, to defeat Alabama, 27-24 in a comeback victory. Played tremendous that day. Like, that's that's what you're looking for. And let's be honest, Favre was picked. He wasn't picked in the first round in, in, in the 91 draft. It, he and Browning Nagel were the two quarterbacks everybody talked about. They went in the top of the second. Well, even if you go back to 18, as we were just talking with Steven, uh, you know, you think about it and how quickly things can change and how inexact. Baker goes one, you thought you hit. Now he's moving on to another team. Sam Darnold goes three. He's already on his second team. Uh, Josh Allen goes seven. Looks like he's an MVP. Josh Rosen goes 10. Most had him at the top of the board. He might not even be in the league. And then you get an not MVP enough. already at what, 30, 31, 32? Lamar 32. Jackson to Baltimore. They I mean, think about that, draft. That's fascinating. Right, and, and nobody believed what they saw with Lamar. Lamar was a Heisman Trophy winner dominant. It's the same thing. Nobody believed what they saw with Deshaun Watson. They made excuses. They draft, they draft Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson, and they're watching him. I mean, this is why these numbers are so staggering, because what happens is when you need a quarterback, you invent a story that supports why you should draft a guy. If Carolina does that, if Atlanta does that, if Seattle does that, they will make a mistake. 
and you analyze Kenny Pickett, Matt, if Matt Corral is a first rounder, we may want to enter our names. And nice player, but I mean, I mean Malik Willis is certainly an athletic player, but there's you've got to be more than an athletic player. Jordan Love was a good athletic. I mean, I think you got to find another answer. You got me hooked every time NFL draft talk comes up. I just get completely hooked. Villanova, Kansas next four, four and a half. Where are the percentages as far as the splits? You're listening to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, of course, you know, Wendy's breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stack starting lineup. You can get the breakfast Baconator. Kevin recommends croissant combos, hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, freshly cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and simply OJ to bring it all home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely choose Wendy's as much as I love Wendy's you're punishing us by having us do these reads at 7:30 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> we got an hour and a half to exactly, go exactly exactly Baconator's exactly. calling my name homie. the Baconator yeah what a great name too. <laughs> it is I mean, tremendous I'm gonna name my kid Baconator the Baconator you know who loves bacon Bella my dog she loved any pork and pork related products you're gonna get Bella's attention <laughs> immediately Bella the Baconator up. would get her to do anything the Baconator <laughs> would get her to do anything you could train her train her really efficiently with the Baconator um, okay, so Kansas opened three and a half, right? Immediately mm -hmm. because of the yeah. Justin Moore injury, betters were early to bet it up to four and a half, Michael. But what's interesting is Kansas got 58% of the bets over at BetMGM, 64% of the handles, so the money. And yet we've seen the number creep back the other way. That's fishy. Villanova getting some love, even though the percentages show otherwise. So it's down to four. Now we are seeing that half. We are seeing that hook pop up again, as you see on your screen there, Michael. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a couple factors here that came together as soon as this game became uh, uh, going to be played. The first being that obviously Villanova's injury situation. The second was the second half of the Kansas-Miami game. That is, I think, the bias and the motivation towards driving that number up. Wow, if Kansas plays like that, how are they going to beat them? And then you combine it with, oh, my God, Villanova doesn't have enough depth. They can't win. And so you've gotten these two factors pushing in when we all know that when you do a if you power rank it if you power rank the, the teams like most do you know Villanova is probably very close to maybe a two point as Ken Palm has it as a two point game and so that number exceeded itself now is Justin Moore the question you have to ask yourself is Justin Moore worth the two points to give up fair question I'm not sure that's the case how much is Jay Wright worth in these games Another fair question. The other thing I think you must ask yourself is the Bill Self factor, the fact that they haven't been able to go, and the inconsistencies of the, of the Kansas basketball program. So I, I think those are, those are all underlying factors, which I think should drive the number back. Now, we're going to see Kansas, because of the public perception of how they played, I think that's why there's so much volatility in this number. 
I think it's well put. Justin Moore, you mentioned, gives them 15 a game. Leader in minutes for Villanova. A great defender. And he really is part of their transition game. But here's the bottom line. This is a team that's 345th in tempo. That's bottom 15 nationally, Michael. So what do we know from Villanova today? If you're watching the game in-game, look for a couple of signs. One, they want to force the style of play, as you just mentioned. Keeping it in the half court. Limit transition opportunities for Kansas. Stay out of foul trouble and hit their threes. They go 5 of 21 against Houston, not a very good offensive team. They go five of 21 against Kansas. It's not going to be so good for them. So again, they got to hit those open shots with those screens that they constantly run. Yeah, and I think what you, what you see is, you know, when we break all these teams down, we're looking at, you know, it's one thing to play fast. It's another thing to play fast and efficient, right? The best team in the country last year, one of the best teams in the country was Gonzaga. They played fast and effectively. Arizona played fast and effectively. They were one of the tops. I mean, Villanova is is not one of those teams. Now, where Kansas is a little bit different, Kansas is 61st in efficiency and tempo. You would think they would be much higher. You would think they would be higher in that category, but they're not because why? They're so inconsistent at times in what they do. I mean, they are inconsistent at what they do, whereas Villanova, they make no bones about it. Like you said, they're, what, 343rd in, in, in efficiency and tempo? They don't care about their tempo. They care more about how they play their style based on their opponent. they got to stay out of foul trouble. And speaking of which, when they're at the free throw line, they're on pace to be the best free throw shooting team of all time, Villanova. Yeah. So they're going to have a distinct advantage there. Also, you know, the, where Kansas starts to – Look, I think the size advantage of, of course, Wilson and McCormick down low, bigger than Samuels and Dixon. Dixon's going to have an accelerated role without Justin Moore. And I think, you know, just the offensive rebounding, Kansas is going to have an advantage. But this is the problem is, and you just said it perfectly with how you handicap Jay Wright because he's the master at creating matchup advantages. He's 4-0 ATS against self all time. You know, he's going to have to figure out how he wants to attack this because he knows he's limited. You know, by losing more, he loses five fouls. And he loses, obviously, yep. a good player. But five fouls are important, you know. And if he wants to play all man-to-man, -man, then he's got to figure out who's going to do the guarding, who's going to step in. Samuels will step, step in. There's no denying that. He'll become a starter. They give him another 6'6 six, six guy out there to play. They'll move him around. But the reality of it is, is where are they going to get the offense? And if Gillespie doesn't play to his level, which is the biggest player of the year, and he has one of those St. John's games where he doesn't score, or he only makes points from the free throw line, where do they make up for the points? They lose more, and they don't get Gillespie. Where are they making up for the points? They don't have enough depth. No, That's I, where I think Jay Wright's got to find an answer. I can tell you. So they went six deep before the Moore injury, Michael. Caleb Daniels, who was great as a six-man off the bench, he now steps up to the starting role, which is different for players. And then remember, Logino's out, who was one of their guys off the bench. So it really comes down to Brian Antoine and Archie Diacono. That's it. I mean, those are the only two left that literally can play. And those two combined for 19 minutes and 25% shooting on the season. So stay out of foul trouble with the starters and be efficient because that's really what it comes down to. We, we can't stress the lack of depth enough. That's really. I mean, I, I mean I, no, you can't. I mean, when you just go through it, Anton, he's played a, a total of 19 minutes in the tournament <laughs> before the tournament. And when he was at, when they were playing in the, Big East, he's played a total since they played Providence at the beginning of last month, March 1st. He's played a total, a total of 
of 24 minutes. I mean, think about it, Patrick. I know. I mean, you know, so he's not – his game's a little rusty. I mean, the most he's played was DePaul, when they beat DePaul back in January 25th. He played 21 minutes. Before that, you've got to go all the way back to the beginning of the year against Creighton. He played 26. So, I mean, Jay Wright's going to have to count on him to come through, and he's got to meet the challenge. I mean, sometimes opportunity it allows a player to show his skills. And, you know, one thing about Jay Wright, he'll, get him, he'll coach him the way he wants him to play. Yeah, and those saying, well, they lost more against Houston. Remember, the injury was right at the end of the ball game. Yeah. So more was, and more was there. Listen, everybody, I just told you how limited they are and how short they are on the bench. So everybody, all the starters are going to play big-time minutes. Uh, but, but they Moore, do anyway. Moore was your leader. You know, they, and, and, right. And, they do anyway. They got to make up 38 minutes somewhere, right? They got to right. make up 38 minutes somewhere. And Anton's got to be one of the guys who's going to give him 20 minutes of that. They and I remember he was out of New York. He was a five-star kid. Hasn't played out. And uh, Archie Diacono, of course, that's royalty as far as the name at Villanova. But he's not his brother. And those two have combined to give you about three points a game. So, right. I mean, I, I don't know. even know if it's the points. I mean, again, I think it's got to be yeah. Gillespie and fouls. I think they've got to get a game out of Gillespie. I mean, it's got to be. I hate to put the pressure on the kid. He may not be healthy. But to me, they can't beat. They cannot beat Kansas with Daniels, Samuels, Dixon. Agreed. You know, uh, they, they, somebody, their best player has to play his absolute best tonight. Archie, well, listen, you just said it with Gillespie. He can't hit one bucket like he did against Houston. You're not going to win. I can guarantee you that. That's not they, they they made it impossible. I mean, I watched him the whole game. I wasn't watching the basketball against Houston. I was watching him, and it was a struggle for him to even get an open look. The total is it opened 132 and a half yesterday mostly everywhere painted 133 it's still sitting 133 the under the last nine on a neutral for Jay Wright and Villanova eight and one to the under as an aside the last time the uh, last time the final four was played in New Orleans the final four in the championship game all went under three and zero to the under by an average of nine and a half points. I bring that up because these arenas, when you when you throw up the backboards and the rims, it becomes discombobulating. So the last time we had this happen in New Orleans, they had a hard time shooting. Just bring it just yeah, something I, to look at. And the book clearly thinks they're going to play Jay Wright's pace. The book clearly thinks Absolutely. They're that Jay Wright will control this pace. Now, to what degree, if you want to go under, if you really believe that, then you, you've got a chance. But the, the book is telling you this game is going to be Jay Wright's. And if Kansas is to win, if you like Kansas to win, I think you've got to play it over. I would agree. I, the, listen, for the, the, follow, the in-game betters, those early fouls are going to be so important. I mean, it, because yeah. it just it just completely ties what Villanova can do. I mean, if they stay out of foul trouble, they, they'll be it. fine. What's the Krzyzewski believes that you've got to get to the penalty with 12 minutes to go in the first quarter. I think that's going to be one of the key indicators of Villanova's success. Can they get to the penalty, the bonus, at 12 minutes to go? In the, that means you're driving to the rim, you're creating shots, you're getting fouls. If they get that, they're going to be able to score points. If they don't get that, it's going to be hard. It'll be tough sled. If it starts to go downhill, and I mean that literally and figuratively with Kansas running out in transition, they could run away because they've got the depth. And Abaji, who you've been dead on, you've been dead right on, hasn't played well in the tournament, started to break out late in the Elite Eight game, so, and that's the Big 12 Player of the Year. Yep. The Two big, big, two big Players of the Year have got to play great tonight. Chick, Abaji yep. and Kalespi. You nailed it. And Chick Jack. Chick -Jack. <laughs> 
listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, make your first wager and win big during BetMGM's March matchups. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on any college tournament game. If any team hits a three-pointer during the tournament, you're going to win 200 bucks, paid for in free bets. It's a great offer. You have to use the code MM200, Mary Mary 200 when you register. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM reward points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at MGM Resorts Nationwide. Sign up today, MM200. 200 to win 200 bucks any tournament game place a $10 money line wager and win 200 bucks if a three-pointer is hit rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit must be 21 years or older and if you have a gambling problem it's 1-800-GAMBLER okay Michael Lombardi there spring has sprung there in yes. New Jersey well I don't know about that actually because it was so cold there this week but hopefully it's oh, starting it's brutal but it's still cold today but at least there's a sense we're coming through it you know that's the good thing and we got the Masters I mean you know this is such a perfect time of the year I don't want to take too much from Carl because we got to hear the gospel according to St. Carl but uh, it's the perfect time of the year to get basketball and golf all wrapped into one father's day coming up as well carl johnson joins <laughs> us down at the biloxi down at the boat revage in biloxi mississippi old jick jack johnson joins what's up carl how are we feeling good morning guys we're feeling really good man we uh we had a nice breakfast with the great sam perkins uh he's he's in our book and uh man what a what a monster guy super nice guy this guy is uh, 16 years, 16 years in the NBA. I mean, we had a good time. I taught him how to eat scrambled eggs today. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is the strategy of eating scrambled eggs from Carl Johnson? I got to know. Yeah, well, you got to, you got to, you got to put some little Tabasco, a little hot sauce on there. You got to mix everything up, crumble your biscuit up in there, your bacon or your sausage. He told me that that was one of the, I put on an exhibition for him. He told me that was one of the most impressive things he's seen in a long time. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Carl. You can you can make everybody a, a better connoisseur at all times. I mean, the great Sam Perkins, uh, you know, the one thing about Sam Perkins that people don't realize is, you know, that draft that he came out in, uh, you know, I was a huge Charles Barkley fan uh, from when I went to watch him play at Auburn when I was scouting there. And Sam Perkins, you know, Dallas had the fourth pick. Sam Perkins went that fourth pick overall. Jordan went three in this draft, and then Barkley went five. Yep, Perkins so had not a lot of people too. realize yep. Perkins went ahead of Yep, 100%. Carl Johnson, our guy, he's got the green screen. That looks good, man. We went from the Oval Office to the sports book. Now that we're in the sports book, let's set up today's final four matchups. Villanova, Kansas, you know, it's been kind of dancing here between four and a half and four, Carl. How about at the Beau Rivage? Yeah, you know, so so we opened this game at three and 132 and a half. And, uh, you know, right now we're at four and a half and 132 and a half. So, uh, you know, I think that there's about three points of, you know, just uh, uh, built into this where, you know, Moore's, Moore's out for Villanova. Uh, I think this game ought to be probably about a one-point game, maybe pick it if he would be there. Uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting contest. I mean, obviously, we're going to need Villanova. Uh, I think there's a, a, a pretty good public overreaction. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think if Jay Wright can control the tempo, um, you know, they'll have a chance to win. One of the things about this game that I like also is that, you know, both of these teams shoot free throws extremely well. 
And, you know, it might be a pretty good in play if you can, you know, the first five minutes of that game, if, if these referees are blowing a whistle, um, you know, you might want to think about hitting that in game over 132 and a half. Um, if they're letting them play, uh, then you got to see, you know, if, if Villanova can control the tempo, it might go under that. One thing I know about Villanova is it isn't about can they control the tempo. They will do – I mean, I've never seen a team in this day and age of college basketball that when they get the rebound, they, they are in no hurry whatsoever. No. I think the question is, is when they make a basket – can they get back? I mean, that was Miami's problem. They were Miami was getting tempoed even after made baskets and were struggling to get back, particularly in the second half. I, I think they will they will march this ball up the court and be shocked if they didn't cross the line after nine seconds. You know what else, Michael and Carl? And Carl, I'll go to you with this. You know, Miami scores just 15 in the second half against Kansas. But if you're a Villanova backer, you know, Miami had a lot of open looks. Villanova's yeah. going to get looks. It's not like Kansas was crazy defensively on the perimeter. Miami just couldn't hit a bucket, Carl. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And, and you know, so now they're playing in a, in a big arena, you know. I mean, you hear, you hear it every time they play. I mean, these, these players obviously are distracted by the, the uh, you know, the, the depth perception. Yep. Um, so, uh, it's, you know, it's tough to score in there, uh, you know, just in past history. So, uh, this is going to be interesting. You know, I – me personally, I think Bill Self takes, you know, tries to get these guys there. Villanova's already real light. You know, they only, only play six as it was. Uh, I, I think he's going to try to pound the middle, get these guys in foul trouble, and then they can run from there. Michael, I think you put it well. I think I'd give more. I'd assess more as a three point, two and a half, three points as far as value. But then that's mitigated by Wright's ability to create matchups. So there, there's yeah. a bit of a wash there. You got to factor right into this, and what Carl's saying is so true. And, and I think ultimately that you also have to factor in preparation. You know they, that he's able to. If this was, if they were, if Moore got hurt Saturday and had to play Duke on Monday, let's say, it, that's a hard thing to kind of over to, to, to overcome. But with a week to prepare and understanding how you're going to handle the minutes in the substitutions and with the timeouts that we get extra during this during the during this coverage. I'm sure Jay Wright has an outstanding plan, way smarter than anything I can come up with. North Carolina Duke, Carl Johnson, first time ever in the tournament. That sounds weird to say that, doesn't it? Where are you sitting with the number? Where'd you open? Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that I was shocked at. I mean, just the 258th matchup between these two. And, I mean, generally when they play, it's, you know, it, it, it carries a lot of media with it. And it was just uh, weird, you know, hearing that they had never played in the NCAA tournament before. Um, you know, we opened this at uh, four, uh, Duke four and 149 and a half. Uh, we were immediately hit uh, with both public and sharp play on the total over. Uh, and right now we're sitting at four and a half minus a dollar five and 151 and a half. Now, if, if this thing, you know, if the public drives this number up to, you know, 152, 152 and a half. Um, I think what we'll see, uh, matter of fact, I know we'll see, I've, I've, uh, you know, I know all of our sharp betters around. I think we'll uh, experience a little buyback on the uh, on the under 152, 152 and a half. Carl, who you like in the game? You, you know, two great stories here. I mean, you know, you got Hubert Davis his first year. Uh, you got Coach K his last year. Um, me personally, um, you know, I, I think uh, I think Duke. Uh, is going to win the game. I don't know if they'll cover, uh, you know, us personally. I mean, we, we need North Carolina 
in a pretty good way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, for some reason, I just, you know, sports stories are created by moments like this. And I said it a while back, you know, it would not surprise me. If, and they wasn't playing real good at the time. It, but it just wouldn't surprise me if Coach K didn't, didn't go out with a national championship. You know, if he can get by today, he's going to be in really good shape to do that. You know, it's funny you say that. I mean, I think coaches that have played Duke in the tournament have said that that they there is a longer whistle for Duke. I mean, you know, just take the Arkansas game for example. Uh, you know, that, I don't know the guys that officiated that crew, but the Arkansas was the number one team or top five team in getting to the free throw line. They couldn't get to the free throw line. They had two guys at, at halftime that had to get medical attention because they gotten beat up so bad, and yet they couldn't get any call, fouls called on them at all. So, look, Duke's talented, but that light whistle certainly helps. You got to take that into your betting consideration. You think Coach K might get some whistle love today, Michael? Oh, you know he's going to get it. Come on, Carl. You know that, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, he always does, you know. I mean, you you know, it, it, you can liken that to Brady, you know. I mean, when they hit Brady, you know, all you got to do is breathe on Brady and they throw a flag. So, um, yeah, there may be some favoritism there. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a good one. Well, yeah, I, I think the officials might be afraid of Coach K because there's some F-bombs coming right their way if they don't. I mean, come on, man. I know no it's almost Sunday, but my man can swear. Uh, Carl Johnson, it's going to be a big day at the Beau Rivage. Busy, but the most important thing is what's on the menu? Yeah, you know, today is a wing day, man. I'm going to eat some wings and some big old uh, steak fries. Uh, yeah, I'm craving, I'm craving wings. I hadn't had them in about a week and a half. I thought you were going to say salad today for some reason, but you went with wings and steak fries. I, I hey, look, Carl, I'll take you don't. Some. If you don't get yourself a food show, I don't know what the hell is going to happen here. Nobody's paying attention. You need a food show, my man. You could span the globe of all different kinds of food. I mean, for me, I, I stay in my lane pretty well, but you can, you can span the globe. You, you deserve your own food show. You, you got to mix it up, baby. I mean, look, I, I get bored. You know, I'm, I'm a big eater. I love to eat. And you got to mix it up. You got to have some variety. You know, life is too boring if you don't mix it up. The new king of the South, Carl Lagazzi. Isn't that the name of Emerald? Yeah, yeah Carl Lagazzi. Yeah. That's the one. Bo Ravage, Biloxi. Stop by and say hi to the race and sports book director, Carl Johnson. Carl, you're the best. Jick Jack Johnson on Twitter. Thank you. Take care, guys. You guys have a good one. He is. I just. He, what I love about it is there's never a pause. Like I haven't thought about what I'm going to eat. It's just immediate. We continue. When those feet, when those feet hit the ground in the morning, he knows what he's eating. <laughs>